You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So I had an email this morning from somebody that I've been corresponding with, a, a viewer or a listener just like you. And they work in very close proximity to the King County Superior Courthouse, which is next door to City Hall Park, arguably one of Seattle's most dangerous parks next door to the King County Superior Courthouse. You see the irony there? It, 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 it just strikes me as just nutty that that's the deal, that, that this park that is just, oh, it, it's... It's a homeless encampment and it has just got some wild characters there that are not on the right side of the law. Let's put it that way. Um, I've talked about this park multiple times over, over the last year as just being a park that I walked past very quickly without my camera really being up. I wasn't advertising the fact that I was filming said park. And so my uh, pen pal, let's say, sent me an email and said, Hey, I I asked him, Hey, if he heard of anything about sweeps on that park, just let me know. And uh, he said he watched an individual walking up the street nonchalantly from car to car, just kind of opening up the door handle to see if a car would open up. And this is in front of the King County Sup- Superior Courthouse. The place where all of the lawlessness is supposed to be, you know, rectified, supposed to be held accountable for. And this kind of behavior is happening in the street. You watch a dude just go from car to car to car to car to car till he finds one that's open. Let's see if there's anything inside there. Maybe somebody accidentally just left their car open. But that's kind of the state of the union here in Seattle. And in a lot of neighborhoods, it's also the State of the Union, and much worse than that in cities like San Francisco. That's what we're talking about today. San Francisco political leaders out of touch as city descends into lawlessness. That's some good, that's some good clickbait right there. I I clicked on this. And I think some one of you sent this to me. And I was like, Oh, that's a good headline. Let's take a look and see what's going on. And it touches on a lot of stuff that we routinely talk about here. But it's from the perspective of San Francisco. So let's give it a shot. If you, uh, Before we jump on in and, and uh, do this, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. I own a real estate brokerage, and I own a residential real estate firm here in Seattle, Washington. All right, enough of the chit-chat. Let's read the news. Oh, and more importantly than the whole real estate gig, those, those are just side gigs. Those are side hustles. I haven't said that in a long time. I read the news. All right, let's go. If you don't like the explosion of violent crime, you're a racist. That's a good, that's a, that's a, that's entry level right there. Boom. Setting the tone for this article, right? That's the message sent by a top aide to the San Francisco district attorney to a self-described Democrat who had said on Twitter that the jump in crime had made people afraid for their lives and dubious about the city's future. Is that true? Yes, it is. The Democrat tweeted that every single one of my friends right now is considering leaving San Francisco because of the big increase in crime, adding, my friends are scared for their children and their husbands are scared for their wives. You get the whole family scared there, right? I mean, you get the whole damn family. Kids, wives, husbands, everybody's looking at each other going, ah, where are we going to go? We live in San Francisco, the city of brotherly love. 
not so brotherly, not so city of love anymore, right? Kate Chatfield, a senior director for San Francisco District Attorney Chesa Bowden, responded from a now locked Twitter account. Husbands are scared for the wives. Your reminder that the crime surge crowd shares the same ideology as the birth of a nation. All right, if you don't know that reference, The Birth of a Nation, a 1915 silent film by D.W. Griffith, was technically pioneering, but attacked by later critics for racist, white supremacist views that prompted the rebirth of the Ku Klux Klan. So we're comparing, pointing out that crime is on the rise. And there's a whole bunch of factors that people are making that people are afraid of in their daily existence in San Francisco, comparing just pointing that out to you're a racist, the birth of a nation. So that's I mean, this is literally kind of where we're at. If you if you do point this out, well, you're a racist. If you don't, you're you're out of touch. Or you are purposely ignoring what's going on. City leaders in Seattle, oh, there's just a guy walking up the street. He just wants to make check. He just wants to check that the door handles on everybody's cars work because he's not going to steal anything. He's not going to take anything from said cars. Why would he? He's working right out in front of the county courthouse. He wouldn't commit a crime, would he? Would he? He's probably just looking for that sandwich to eat, right? Right. The, this Twitter squabble highlights a real problem for San Francisco. Not only is the beautiful city by the bay being racked by crime, but political leaders are committed to the policies and rhetoric that made it such a haven for criminality. Same thing here in Seattle. Same thing. And, ah, a small amount of drugs. That's okay. You steal stuff at this point. Ah, it's okay. That's not really a crime anymore. That's not really a crime. Oh, even if you get caught, yeah, we're just going to kind of let you go. And, you know, would you promise to show up in court? Yeah, down the road ish. Be a better human being. We'll catch you later. That's what's going on, right? It's part of a long term trend in a city run by Democrats for generations and increasingly dominated by a strident left wing ethos. From the school board to the city council to the district attorney's office, San Francisco is dominated by people more consumed with changing school names and other woke virtue signaling rather than making the city a safe and prosperous place to live and visit. And when I talk to, to people that live in Seattle, a lot of them, here's how that conversations go. How, how, how's your neighborhood doing? Oh, it's fine. It's okay. And like, well, have you had any, you know, robberies? Well, I mean, my car's been broken into like four times and they stole a laptop and, you know, I forgot to lock it that one time and they took out this and I lost my coat and, you know, and then they did tag up the front porch of our house and like, okay, but we did have a, you know, we did have a shooting down the street. I'm like, all right. And we don't walk our dog down this road anymore. There's too many tents. And I'm like, okay, but you hear what you're saying is that you live in an area that's rife with crime. Ah, oh, but it's okay. I mean, there's so many good things about Seattle that, you know, I mean, and, you know, people are just, they're really, they're really overworked about the whole crime thing. I mean, they, they just, they just need to chill out and, you know, let stuff happen and 
that's how that conversation's going. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Some crime is actually on the decrease. Yeah, that's because we no longer consider it a crime. So without a doubt, violent crime has surged in cities across the country. The, the jump has been historic. What is notable about this crime spike is that cities such as Portland and Seattle and San Francisco have been among the hardest hit. Though there are likely many reasons for the increase, the so-called Minneapolis effect may be the biggest. The Minneapolis effect has been described by a crime expert as the result of the anti-police rhetoric and actions of some cities following the death of George Floyd last year in the custody of Minneapolis police. Defunding the police en masse, as San Francisco and other cities have done, certainly hasn't helped the situation. And I talk about this a lot. Defunding the police isn't the reason we have this massive rise in crime, but it doesn't help either, right? I mean, just think it through. If you're a criminal and you're on the cusp of doing something and in your head, whether conscious or subconsciously or subconsciously, you think to yourself, should I do this? And most of these guys are probably like, ah, they don't even have that little filter. They don't have that little guy on their shoulder going, don't do it, don't do it. You might go to jail. But the big thing now is, well, I'm probably not going to get caught. There's not enough cops to really do what they used to be able to do. Most of the increase in crime over the last year has been violent crime. But San Francisco is also is being hit by an explosion of burglaries, shoplifting and property crime too. Like neighborhoods in Seattle, San Francisco's Richmond district, typically one of the nicest and safest neighborhoods, saw an increase of over 300% in burglaries compared to the same time in 2020. 300%. That's, that's not a rise. That's a meteoric rise, right? That's a straight up 300%. And it's not like, um, Richmond districts, it, it, it's a decent sized place. So when they have that kind of data, it's not like you've gone from two break-ins to uh, what is 300%, you know, six break-ins, you know, whatever the math is. Sorry, my math isn't all that great. Plus, I, you know, I'm a podcaster. I can't be held accountable for math. So uh, 300% increase, it, it's not like that. I mean, it, Richmond district is big enough where you've got enough of a sample. And I've seen kind of the stats on this. You've got a big enough sample where you're like, oh, that is actually 300% more burglaries. Mm, mm. San Francisco Police Department reported a total of 124 burglaries in Richmond as of February 14th, compared to 28 burglaries for the same period a year ago, Fox News reported. There's the numbers. Meanwhile, overall burglaries in the city are up 62.5%, with 1,123 burglaries reported as of February 14th, compared to 691 for the same period a year ago. Up 62.5%. That's a spike in crime, folks. That is a spike in crime. And that's certainly not all. According to the latest crime data from San Francisco police, the city's central station has seen an increase of theft from vehicles. Local news outlet K-Ron 4 reported June 27th from May 2020 compared to May 2020 went up 753%. The area includes Fisherman's Wharf and Chinatown. I wonder what our wharf area, our waterfront area in Seattle, I wonder what our crime rate is up in here in Seattle. You know, we got the whole wheel thing. We got the Pike Place Market where they throw the fish. I mean, it, that area has got to be hard hit as well. So these problems did just not come 
from nowhere. They didn't just, oh, this is an anomaly. Bowden is among a number of far left district attorneys who have been elected in big cities around the country. The result has been a decrease in prosecuting low level crimes. In San Francisco, many business owners say that this was exacerbated by voters approval in 2014. Talk about this a lot. Proposition 47, which reclassified certain theft and drug possession offenses from felonies to misdemeanors. So if you got something under 950 bucks that you stole, hall pass. Um, the change applied to crimes such as burglary, shoplifting, and grand theft when the property stolen amounts to less than 950 bucks. And now we've got Target, CVS, Walgreens, shutting down stores, not open at night. Who was it that I was talking, that I was watching? Uh, maybe some podcaster. He's like, yeah, Walgreens closes at six. So you're driving home after work, trying to go to go to the drugstore. Oh yeah, that's closed. That's early, six o'clock, because after six o'clock, the criming starts, right? People got to get their fix for that night. The result has been the highest and still escalating rates of property crime in the country. Large pharmacies and other retailers have been targeted so much by unchecked burglaries and blatant shoplifting that they've had to restrict hours of operation and close stores. Much of the jump is now being driven by organized crime, according to Walgreens, a pharma- major pharmacy chain in the area. San Francisco's small businesses have been hit even harder. We had a major crime ring here in Seattle, and we talked about it, and it's like, all right, yeah, this is a major operation. My store has been broken into more than 14 times, said Jalal Haydari, owner of Limoncello, an Italian market in Delhi. He said in an interview with Fox News, and I have all the police reports, but I have not been notified if anybody got arrested. Odds are, even if they were arrested, they probably wouldn't be prosecuted, right? Hey, Dari noted the changes brought by Proposition 47. What city officials are doing, they're just promoting this crime, promoting people to do more because 950 or 1,000 or 2,000 bucks, it doesn't matter. They get away with it, he said. There, there are no consequences for these actions. Ah, under 950, you're okay. Hall pass. Be a better person. Obnoxiously, opposition to this out-of-control situation is being treated as illegitimate despite the undeniable descent of the city into violence and criminality, some of it in broad daylight. Now we've got a link for those of you on the audio portion in the actual podcast from Andy No, Mr. Andy No, post-millennium. Um, post-millennial? Yep. Video recorded in San Francisco shows a group of thieves running out of a Neiman Marcus store in the middle of the day with luxury handbags and other stolen goods. Have you seen this video? It's shocking. It is shocking. They're just, they're, they're coming out of the store and then they're exiting the door and then they're looking left and they're just booking it out the door. They've got getaway cars. This is Neiman Marcus. Neiman Marcus. Absurd. Of course, Bowden, as the Democratic district attorney, has been focused on the causes that really matter the most for his city. He recently mandated that his staff use the correct personal pronouns of anyone used of a crime. Because crime, that doesn't really matter. But you don't want to misidentify 
people committing such crimes, right? I mean, that is off. We can't have that. We all know that when someone steals your car or ransacks your business, the real crime, real crime would be to say, help police, that man is robbing me, arrest him. When it's really a man who identifies as a woman robbing you. So you should say woman and her. That's what they're working on in San Fran. Amid the rising crime and general absurdities, it seems that San Francisco residents at least are catching on to how bad things have become. A recent poll commissioned by the San Francisco Chamber of Commerce found that over 70% of city residents want more policing in high crime areas. Well, what about what what about the whole defund the police thing? What happened to that? Is that is that out of is that, am I out of touch here? Is that just is that is that not politically? It's just not on the table anymore. I mean, we're talking about more police. What about defunding the police? What about abolish the police? What happened there? Are we at a point where we're like, oh, yeah, not so much of a good idea. 70% are saying more cops. That's a majority to me, right? That's a majority to me. I mean, and I'm joking, of course, and it's no joking matter that people are the victims of crime on a daily basis, where it probably could have been avoided. This stuff this stuff is just nutty. And yet it's happening in Seattle as well. I mean, you've got just all kinds of stuff going on. I've got people that, you know, send me stuff. I find it really interesting when people don't agree with something I say, and then they take the time to sit down and write an email out and just kind of, you know, a lot of times it's, it's pretty, pretty critical of my point of view, but they take the time to write an email and point out how I'm wrong here, 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 and here. And yet they still keep listening to the podcast. I always kind of want to say, well, that's interesting. But clearly, you watched the whole podcast, you didn't agree with it, you didn't like it, you think I'm a yo yo, but you still watch my podcast. I don't know. It's kind of nutty, right? So maybe somewhere deep down, they know that you know, I I might be reasonable. And maybe that's why they're watching. I don't know. I have no idea. But so much of this stuff to me is like, defund the police, abolish the police. All right. When I started saying that, like over a year ago, oh, yeah, not too many other people were going against that. Because at the moment, that was the brightest idea we've ever had. Until it wasn't. Until we've got 70% of people polled saying, oh, you, you know what, uh, more police might be in order versus less. And there's very, very few communities do you see the pitch for defund the police still going on. That is quietened down, hasn't it? Hasn't it? And in communities where that was a big deal, they are actually spending money on trying to recruit said police officers. You know what I found funny? is our uh, police chief from the city of Bellevue here. I know I'm the Seattle real estate podcast, but I live and work in Bellevue, which is just a suburb of Seattle, spend a lot of time in Seattle just because, you know, it's the mothership. And um, like, I'm probably going to go to the Seattle Mariners game today, which is in Soto, it should be interesting. That's land of uh, broken down RVs and people living in them. Um, and I've spent a fair amount of time over the years just walking from broken land and, you know, broken down RV territory, going to Mariner Stadium. And um, uh, my whole point with that is the chief of police from Bellevue 
recently took a job in Ohio. And I was like, that's really interesting. I didn't even know his name. The chief of police in Bellevue is so low key because we have such little crime here. We did have a shooting at a Sam's Tavern, uh, a murder, but that was a domestic violence thing. And I was like, oh, that's horrible. It's not to say that we don't have crime in Bellevue, but we don't have the kind of crime we're talking about here because we just as a city handle things way differently than the city over there in Seattle, where it's kind of like, oh, anything goes. I'm just going to wander up the street. Ah, I just notched a lot. I'm just going to tickle on the door handles of these cars. Maybe I'll walk around the other side as passenger doors that open. I'll just see what's in there. See if that sandwich I've been looking for all evening is there. I mean, it's got, I mean, there's got to be a sandwich in one of these cars, doesn't there? So the fact that I didn't even know the name of our, you know, police chief is kind of like, oh yeah, because it he's never in the news because there's never the craziness that goes on in Seattle or San Francisco or a Portland where we all know the police chief's names if you follow the news in those, you know, neighborhoods at all. So it's just kind of interesting how different cities handle the same thing, which is crime. Some cities, they handle it straight on. All right. You committed a crime. You're going to do some time. Other areas, it's okay. It's okay. That's not a crime anymore. Yeah, this is how we're cutting our crime stats down. Make the crime not a crime. So yet San Francisco Mayor London Breed, a Democrat, is continuing with the plan to cut over $120 million out of law enforcement agencies. We'll just have to see how that works out. How much is their budget? Their budget's got to be massive. No surprise that the poll also showed that over 40% of residents surveyed said they plan on leaving the city in the next few years due to rising crime and declining quality of life. 40%. I heard that. and I've seen this on a couple of podcasts as well. Uh, 40%. Four out of 10 are like, yeah, we're thinking about leaving San Francisco. We're thinking about leaving the greater area due to rising crime and declining quality of life. That's one thing San Francisco has always been known for. That's one thing that Seattle's always been known, known for, quality of life. We've both got some rain. Seattle's got more um, than San Francisco. But it's one of those things. Hey, yeah, if you can get through the rain, if you can get through the fog in San Francisco, then you know, if you can get through the dodge the human fecal matter on the sidewalk in San Francisco, it's, pre- it's still pretty good. You got a lot of cool stuff. Um, hate Ashbury. I mean, I'm a big fan of that just because I like the history of that, even though they're just a bunch of drugged out hippies running around with their buses and crazy stuff. I just, I just like that period just because I thought there was some interesting anti, you know, counterculture stuff going on. And I actually just really like the music. I, I didn't, the music out of San Francisco, um, you know, Jefferson, uh, airplane, uh, grateful dead, you know, good bands, but I wasn't hugely on board. There are some other bands that came out of that that time period, probably more on board with, but but they're still pretty damn good. And Hate Ashbury, whenever I go to San Francisco, which is very rarely, and I haven't been there in a long time, I like to go visit the Hate Ashbury because that's just I think that's just kind of cool. It's like ah, hippy dippy down here, and now it's more of a just a tourist trap, right? 
Hippies are long gone. So 40% of the residents are saying, oh, we're thinking about it. And is that one of those things where they're actually all going to probably stay, but they're just thinking about it because at the moment it's really bad? There's probably a little of both in there, right? The decay of San Francisco is a tragedy. As a Bay Area native, it saddens me to see the city plunge into chaos and criminality. It's a beautiful city racked by bad policies and out-of-touch, ideology-driven leadership. Ooh, those are some fighting words right there. Hopefully, those leaving San Francisco will remember why their quality of life disintegrated. Will we? Will we? Because the same people that elected these officials in, they're probably going to be the ones that are going to stay, aren't they? The other people, they'll kind of forget about it. They'll move to somewhere where they feel like they are not in jeopardy of being crimed or the quality of life is better or whether or whatever. They're out of there. Is that, is, so so how's, how's San Francisco going to get better? I don't know. It's pretty crazy, right? So you're hearing more and more talk about, well, you got to take care of it at the uh, at the polls when you when you do your voting. All right. But that doesn't seem to be the trend of how things are going, does it? Polls don't seem to. I don't. Do you, do you see a large group of Republicans coming into San Francisco and kind of telling off these Democrats who are ideology driven and out of touch? Probably not. Probably not. So San Francisco may have some more chaos to delve into before things get better. I don't know. Seattle certainly is. I feel like Seattle's cleaning up a little bit because we've had this whole go back to work thing and Amazon and all that kind of craziness. And so you got to clean the city up a little bit. And I'll, I'll, I'll check back in with you. If I do end up going to the Mariners game tonight, which I think I probably will, it's supposed to be a really nice night. And, um, Mariner Stadium is really close to the waterfront. So you sit up top and you can kind of see out to the water. You've got, you know, kind of that big open type thing. And um, it's just a really super pretty setting. Yeah, I don't really care about baseball. Sorry, guys, all of you big baseball fans. Both my kids played baseball. But um, I think it's a great sport to sit around and look at what's going on, you know, a little people watching. And I haven't been to a big event since the pandemic. Because, you know, no music uh, events have happened, really. And uh, sporting events, eh, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, so I'll see. Just have to see what it looks like over there. And, you know, we've talked a lot about sporting events happen. Got a whole bunch of people, homelessness, those things, you know, those worlds collide. So we'll see if any collision happens. But in San Francisco, they've got a lot more probably colliding to do before things turn around, if they turn around. And how will they turn around? Man, I don't know. But uh, stories out of San, Fran San Francisco, you know, for the small businesses and the businesses and the, even the huge corporate like Walgreens and Target and CVS, not looking good. Videos that have come out last couple of weeks, not good. Just some straight up lawlessness. And that was, you know, that was the title of our article here. Um, San Francisco political leaders out of touch as city descends into lawlessness. So that is not an over-exaggeration of clickbait. It's like, that's what's going on. I don't know how to fix it. What I do know 
is I'll report right back to you when these stories come up right here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Love to have you subscribe if you so see fit. Until then, stay safe, and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.